Oh shit, I didn't write an intro. <laughs> no, you gotta do it. It's 200. You gotta I, do not it. Not for 200. No, yes. I have to write yes. for 200. No. Okay. Let me at least pull up an old one so I have. Jesus. Welcome to this week's very special 200th episode of The Last Refuge. (laughs) I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, as always, I have... Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. (laughs) Oh my god, 200 main story (laughs) episodes incredible. Thank you all for sticking with us for all of these episodes. We are very excited. Today's gonna be a wild one, so let's go ahead. Three weeks ago, which I think was the last time we released a canon story episode. Sorry if it wasn't. The party continued their negotiation with the White Dragon once they figured out that Bria, in fact, couldn't score less than a 20 on her persuasion rolls. With some smooth talking, they were able to convince the dragon that they had discovered a cave that held food untold and that he should just go a little way south and poke his head in there and see what's up. Hoping that it would give them enough time to escape without the dragon noticing, the party ferried themselves across from one peak to another, finishing on a peak tall enough that access to the floating Arcanium is within reach. What will our adventurers find on this new peak with their goal in sight? Will it be friend, foe, or something else altogether? And am I actually going to read 200 different adjectives during the mid-tro this week? Oh my god. Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Whoa. Wow. Oh, so uh, I don't, a lot of what I just attempted is going to get cut out. Uh, so I don't know if this will remain in there, but I just want all of our listeners to know that it has been a very long day and I'm very excited about episode 200 and also deeply nervous because it's going to be real weird and I'm very excited. How are you all feeling? I'm, 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 I, I think I speak for all of us when I just say, I, uh, yay. Uh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. Absolutely fair enough. I was feeling fine, and now I think I caught your nerves, so now I feel very nervous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's, hit- I mean, it's episode 200, whatever, and it's going to be a slightly different format and whatever, but, like, it's not like anything is particularly complicated or, like, I have to, like, f- you know, f- be ready with all of the, like, I, I don't know. I think it's just the notoriety of episode 200. I thought that Flick's name came after Bizdira's name, if you want to know my mental state. <laughs> really? After after you got on his case about the yes. and? Mm-hmm. Yes. I heard Bizdira and my brain went, Flick. So it was like in Karin's tone. <laughs> oh, oh, do you mean to tell me that you mixed up Flick and Kit's names? Oh, how strange. No one's ever done that before. In 200 Never. episodes, Not in no 200 one has episodes. ever done that. Also, I've got to say, I feel mm. like it's been more than 200 episodes. Well, I mean, we have some bonus episodes and some mm-hmm. Terran talks and some other stuff in there. Um, but it's been 200 of our core Wednesday release. Let's tell the story that involves Bria Bizdira, Flick, and Kit. Um, yeah. I feel like a thousand sounds more right to me. Oh, oh <laughs> it, it certainly feels like it sometimes. I'm being totally serious. I'm not trying to be sassy here. <laughs> Alex, how are you feeling? Tell us how you're feeling. I'm feeling wonderfully. Um, I do... I, I don't know if offense is the right word, but I did put purposely more spin on the and today mm-hmm. with you in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so to hear that you now just forgot where I come in the mix <laughs> yeah. is really... Yeah. Um, it's a punch in the face. Yeah, I'm is. just pro- I'm still processing that. I'm still processing that comment. You know what I mean? I see. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that um, the processing goes well. Other than that, I'm really excited <laughs> to be here with um, all four of you. Uh, <laughs> great. Well, I, you know, we haven't, like, chattered much about media suggestions or whatever the hell else it is we do on these intros, but um, we have a lot to do, and I have no idea how long this 200th episode is going to run. Probably so 200 minutes, right? We get... <laughs> See, now it feels like it has to, but that's no, three hours and 20 minutes. I don't, I don't have that time, kind of time, man. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No. Also, if it was going to be a 200-minute episode, that means we would have to record for 300 minutes, because God knows I do some cutting. All right. <laughs> let's do the thing. 
So the four of you have arrived on top of this uh, this high peak uh, through various, you know, ferrying on the brooms. And I think there was a wild shape by Kit uh, into a giant snowy owl. And uh, eventually everyone got over there. Mirko sort of hid from you all because because I am Mirko and I am awful. Uh, <laughs> but then he popped out and was like, no, JK, I'm here. I'm just invisible. And that is where we left you all. Now, we did also say uh, that by the time, you know, you had short rested so that Kit could get her wild shapes back, and by the time you took the time to ferry everyone over to this other cliff face, or this other, uh, other peak, rather, uh, it would it was going to be pretty late in the day, sun was going to be on its way down, um, and you did spot, I don't remember if we said this explicitly, but you did spot on this peak uh, a cave that, that looked like... Uh, one possibility for uh, shelter. Of course, you've also got your tiny hut, which is always an option, although there's not a, a ton of space on the little ledge outside of the cave, but but if you wanted to, that is also an option. Um, it's but a it's starting to get late. tiny hut. <laughs> you should leave in the silence here. Does it seem like you're punishing me? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it's called tiny, because it can fit like six or eight medium-sized creatures. Like, that ain't that small, I gotta say. I mean, if you do it right, you can fit those people in a Mini Cooper. When you say if you do it right, do you mean if you fold everyone in half and set them on top of each other? <laughs> well, like, I just mean that we're watching. Is key. Listen, we were watching Top Gear the other day, and they tried to see how many people could get into their cars that they had picked, and so that's where my brain went. <laughs> Okay, well, I, this this conversation may come to absolutely not because um, it's up to you all. How do you want to proceed? It's getting dark. It's getting late. It's getting cold. You all have you all have done a lot. Uh, so so, where do you want to spend your evening, your night, your long rest, your whatever? Can we tiny hut in the cave? <laughs> absolutely, best of both worlds. Okay. I want to listen to the cave first. And maybe sure. we can have had Mirko doing a little bit of reconnaissance? Uh, sure. Yeah, so um, Mirko will tell you first before you go over and start trying to listen, Bria. Mirko will let you know that he hasn't, he didn't go super deep in because he didn't want any surprises, mm-hmm. uh, especially without you all there to back him up. Um, so he hasn't gone super far into the cave, but he has been listening near the entrance uh, pretty much the whole time since he's been here, and he was the first to this peak because um, what else was he going to do. Uh, so he hasn't heard anything in there yet. Uh, no sounds uh, coming coming from there. I, I mean, he's listen, been over there for, yeah. what, 40 minutes now at least? Oh, no, more than that because it took another couple of trips, so probably mm-hmm. closer to an hour and a half or, or two hours. Um, yeah, go ahead, Bria. Make me a wisdom perception check over by the cave mouth to see if you hear anything that maybe Mirko missed. I crit failed. You d- Weirdly, you don't hear a <laughs> damn thing. <laughs> I can't the hear anything. I can't hear anything. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Maybe I'll go get um, her to try as she starts to like <laughs> <laughs> convulse. <laughs> She's just yeah. so scared. I haven't popped my ears yet, and we're so high up. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, because it's you, Flick, and you, Bria. I will believe that you're like. Mm, I don't know that I trust your judgment. It's okay. I'll, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a twenty-one. Okay. You also don't hear anything. Um, in fact, to the extent that, like, it's very quiet in there. Oh, um, oh God. Like, no, sorry, that quiet? sounded so ominous. It no, really sorry, did. that sounded so <laughs> ominous. Uh, what I meant was, what I didn't, what I said in my head and didn't say out loud. <sighs> sorry, what I said in my head and didn't say out loud was, it's actually, it's a, it's a very nice sort of deep quiet because you all have been on these mountain peaks and these cliffs and these, you know, edges and drop-offs all day. And you, you kind of realize with the silence of the cave, how loud it has been on these mountains with the wind blowing and everything else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I meant by, in fact, you notice it is very quiet. Oh yeah. I think we should tiny hut in the cave. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. You cast the tiny hut. Yes, Splick. That's me. Okay. So uh, you guys have a while. You're, are you uh, ritual casting? And are we taking 11 minutes? You taking a single minute? What you doing, Flick? I I think ritual is fine. I think we okay. Can so you, have a, the you time. all have 11. You all have 11 minutes to live your lives while Flick chants over a, you know, over his 
uh, concertina, I guess. I don't really know how it works. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> you failed me the one time I tried to use you, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the rest of you doing uh, while Flick sets up the hut? Uh, presumably pretty close to the mouth of the cave, Flick. Like, inside, but... No, not too far yeah, in. Okay. I okay. was going to say band practice, but that doesn't seem very safe here. And we're, like, trying no. to do this stealth Start mission. Start yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty loud outside. Who knows? But... Inside the cave, I don't want to alarm anyone, anything. Yeah, fair anyone. enough. I feel like this deer will explore a little bit deeper into the cave, but not so deep that she loses sight of anybody. All right, so Bizdir, you go, and and much like the other cave that you found where you did hear noises, um, the cave goes a little ways in and then sort of immediately takes a sharp turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get to that point, and it's up to you whether you want to continue on because you would be out of sight of your companions, but you notice that around the curve, it is pitch black. Well, I mean, it's a cave. That kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, but you have dark vision. You can't see through this. Ooh. I think she's going to say, that's uncomfortable, and walk back to her friends <laughs> and tell them, like, hey guys, there's some weird pitch blackiness back there. As you see Bizdira come back around the corner with her weird pitch blackiness news, uh, the rest of you, probably less so Flick, although Flick, I think you probably notice while you're casting as well, you see the darkness sort of seeming to follow Bizdira around the corner and begin to creep into the entrance area of the cave. And if any of you have a thought in that moment that perhaps this isn't the cave that you would like to tiny hut, and maybe it's tiny enough that it'll fit on the edge, you turn to the cave entrance, and there is no entrance. We the opening have, like, a party which... for their 200th episode? You couldn't give us, like, a cake? <laughs> pizza? Is pizza... The opening through... Pizza I just... I, that's, that would it be bare minimum, is pizza. <laughs> I'll send you pizza later. The opening through which you pass to get into this cave is gone. And the darkness behind Bizdira continues to press into the room. But very quickly, before it completely engulfs all of you, you see that it in fact is not pitch darkness. There are these lights. They almost look like, oh, I don't know how to describe them for medieval fantasy, whatever, whatever. But like, they sort of almost look like uh, like LED like strip lights. There's just lines of these blue, red, green, and yellow lights that are coming through the darkness and spreading out across the walls and onto the ceiling and down onto the floors under your feet. And you begin to see that the lights are not just there. They're following carvings in the rock of this cave that that were so worn from time that you didn't notice them until they were filled in with this light. And at first it's just patterns and shapes and swirls. But then eventually, Bizdira, you watch as some of the lights begin to coalesce underneath you and fill in something underneath you. And in that moment, you can't move. But you see as the lights begin to fill in the rock, the carvings in the rock beneath your feet, you see an image of an enormous bird soaring through the air and raining destruction down on what you now see as they get filled in with lights are carvings of hordes of wailing people. Bria, you're staring at the wall where the opening to the cave used to be, and very quickly lights begin to fill in carvings in that wall in front of you, and you also are rooted to the spot as you see these lights fill in and begin to take shape and you see a massive wall of water rushing towards an unsuspecting, totally defenseless hamlet. And bursting forth from the center of that wall of water is a colossal serpentine head that you can't hear anything. It's a carving, but you feel this head roar with the force of a typhoon behind it. Kit, you are looking around and catch a glimpse of the ceiling. And you, as you are rooted into this, into your spot, see lights begin to form shapes in the ceiling that eventually resolve for you to look like a gigantic turtle crushing whole 
buildings underfoot as it makes its way across the land. And finally, Flick, you're concentrating so hard. If you can just get this tiny hut up in time, nothing can come in. Nothing can get you, even if your friends are whatever's happening to them. If you can just get the hut up. But before you're able to finish the spell, like with Bizdira, the area that you have cleared on the ground for the hut begins to fill in with lights. And you see a gargantuan winged serpent flying above the ocean in a tight circle at the center of a storm cloud that's throwing wind and lightning and destruction at a collection of small doomed ships. And as each of you sees these carvings filled in with light and clarified and you understand what they are, what each of them is, you see the image in each of them, you feel yourselves being pulled into these lights. Bizdira and Flick, you feel yourself falling into the rock beneath you. Kit, you feel yourself being pulled upwards towards the ceiling. And Bria, you're being pulled into the wall of the rock. And there's a brief moment where you think maybe you'll make it out. Maybe it's an illusion. Maybe there is a doorway here. But no such luck. Darkness. Even deeper than before. No lights, no carvings, no pictograms, no shapes. And then there is light. And you're no longer in the caves. You see that you're outside, not in the mountains, but on a coast somewhere. Land stretches as far as the eye can see in one direction, and ocean in the other. And the place where you are now is sort of a middle ground with sandbars and sunken landforms that allow for terrestrial creatures to walk, but deep enough with deep enough trenches and open water for creatures of the sea to move freely as well. And after a few moments of taking in your surroundings, you take in yourselves, but you aren't yourselves. You see that you are that creature that you discovered in the carvings of the cave. Bizdira, you are not a masked Azamar, but you are an enormous bird, wreathed in flame, power beyond imagining flowing through your veins. Bria, you feel the water around you. You feel at once one with it, and also your form is always there, an enormous sea serpent waiting to take control of the waters. Kit, you feel the earth tremble with every step your gargantuan turtle form takes. And Flick, you feel lightning crackling at every nerve end. But it doesn't hurt. It's power. It is control. It is yours. And you don't know why you're here. You don't know why you adventurers are here, and you don't know why you gargantuan creatures are here, only that you felt pulled here. It's an instinct. It's not a conscious thought. You need to be here when something happens. And then finally, you've taken in the land around you, you've taken in yourselves, and now you take in each other, because you are all within eyeshot of each other. And that same instinct that told you that you have to be here tells you that those others are a threat. They might take whatever it is that you are here for, so you get less, or maybe even none. That cannot stand. And then, dimly, somewhere in the back of your mind, no, further away than that, somewhere in another life, in another time, in another world, you hear a voice, and that voice says, Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> and off we go. You all have stat blocks for these incredible creatures. You have already rolled initiative. The scene is set. I will answer questions as you really want to ask them, but your instincts are hot right now that you should be the only thing here and there are intruders. And the first person to take their turn in whatever is happening right now... <laughs> Is Kit. We have rules against this. We have <laughs> rules we, against this. Is, this is so much better than Years? the darkness, though. Okay, let's talk about that in an hour when we're done with this. And I kill you. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm pretty sure that this is not like a wild shape, and it's just like totally animal instinct, and I don't know that you all are my friends, and I just know exactly right. I gotta do some stomping. Like <laughs> we polymorph. Hell yes. Let me let me set the scene a little more specifically. Uh, we're gonna and we're gonna keep this combat loose and cinematic. But 
you there, uh, kids, in your enormous form of, of a turtle, are there right at the edge, right at the boundary of the coast. You see, you can see under the waves the serpentine form of this sea creature. You see up in the sky the enormous storm at the center of which flies a winged serpent and a blazing bird off on the other side. Okay. Um, so everyone's kind of far away from me. I can't really stop them. But I do, I can see into the water, right? And I see the the serpent. And so I think that the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to gather some rocks in my mouth and I'm going to spit the rocks at the serpent. <laughs> Absolutely. So you turn to the side and there is an enormous uh, sort of, there's a cliff face and this jagged rock jutting out of the ocean and you lean over and you take a gargantuan bite out of it and spit it out uh, at the sea serpent. Yes, into the water. All right. That's a 34 to hit. <laughs> Doesn't hit. No, it doesn't. You liar. <laughs> lies, lies. I can see it here, you liar. All right. So as you spit this rock, uh, you hear that same voice in the back of your heads, and I'm going to try my best to stay most, to stay more and more in this voice as this uh, scene goes on. But you hear that voice in the back of your head go, "Ooh!" And the Zaratan starts off strong, grabbing some rock and spitting it at the Leviathan. Will it be able to break through the waves and do damage? Let's find out. Twenty-eight points of bludgeoning damage. That's like exactly an amount that makes it a nice even number for me. So thank you for making that nice and even for me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'm glad I could uh, do something. And you hear that voice. Ooh, Ooh, a sizable sizable hit by the boulder from the Zaratan. Zaratan. Definitely Definitely did some some damage to that Leviathan, but it seems that the water water surrounding it may have given it some resistance to that attack. attack. Let's Let's see what happens happens next. next. Bria, you are up. Can I use one of my legendary actions at the end of Kit's turn? Absolutely. So as we look to the Leviathan, our gaze is taken up, and the voice in the back of your head says, Ooh, but but before before the Leviathan Leviathan has a chance to respond, respond, the the Elder Elder Tempest in the the Storm storm looks like it's it's got got something planned. You'll hear uh, sort of thunder uh, and uh, the grumblings of uh, a storm above you, and then out from the sky... uh, a, a lightning bolt will come down onto the giant turtle, or the point right next to the giant turtle. Um, and I need a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, a strong, Ooh, a strong, strong lightning, lightning strike, strike from the Elder Tempest, Tempest down, down to the Zeratan. Will the Zeratan be able to dodge the power of the Tempest? It's a 16 to save. <laughs> that unfortunately does not save. So I'm shocked. Will... Yes, you are. You're shocked. Oh, my God. Ooh, not quick enough. A good use of fast-acting tactics from the Elder Tempest. The Zartan was not able to get out in time. 14 lightning damage to you. Scorch marks appear on the Zartan's shell, but it doesn't seem to have stopped it yet. We go back to the Leviathan. And around it, all of a sudden, you see all of the water from the area just combining closer and closer to it. And the water starts to get longer and higher into a giant wall of water. It's huge! I am going to go for the turtle. And because it's so high, it's going to also get the owl bird. <laughs> oh, the bird. The, the phoenix? Fire, the firebird, the phoenix. Oh, it's a phoenix. Owl. Phoenix is easier. And all, I, we were in owl mode. Guys, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, we did talk about owls last Fair enough, fair enough. So it's going to go all the way up to the phoenix because I'm kind of digging this lightning creature that was clearly trying to protect me. So um, I'm going to need both of you to make a strength saving throw, please. Coming Coming out out swinging swinging is the Leviathan using using their their tidal wave wave attack. attack. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, this this doesn't doesn't look look good good for a few of our competitors. I got a 22. 17. Which is not enough. The 17's not enough? Neither of them are enough. I'm going to choose to save, actually. The bird's just going to be like, nope, and move off to the side. 
I oh. love it. Are you doing that as well, Zartan? Yeah, <laughs> I am. This wall of water seems to be approaching both the Phoenix and the Zartan. Things are not looking good, but both of them, with the power of centuries and the elements at their command, steal themselves. The Phoenix swooping out of the way at the last second so that it receives not the brunt of the damage, and the Zartan pulling briefly inside its shell just enough to avoid some of the damage from the gargantuan tidal wave. You both are going to take nine damage, which is the half. That's the half damage. Oh, oh, the tidal wave seems to be pulling back a little bit. Some of the power of, of the ocean is uh, receding away from the Leviathan. Ooh. So the Phoenix <laughs> took four points of damage. Correct. <laughs> Me too. Like, just like nipped a little piece of the, the flame on the tip of the wing. The Phoenix is going to swoop down to the Leviathan and claw it with its talons. For a 23 to hit. That hits. Phoenix taking its turn to swoop in while the Leviathan is distracted by its tidal wave. You're going to take 12 points of fire damage, and you are now on fire. Well, also, well, though, she is water. She's, well, that's, I, that becomes a question. Can she be on fire because it's supposed to happen, but she is in water, so does it she... No. Like... I don't I, know. I think any other, either of the other two, you would set ablaze. But okay. I think we have to not set the water serpent ablaze. She's she slightly steams. Right, there's lots of steam though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, uh, and, and a, a steamy steam attack from the phoenix, phoenix as the leviathan boils some of itself away. away. But there is more to come. Elder Tempest, you're up. All right, so uh, the um, flying serpent bird thing in the clouds is uh, it, it causes it to rain and storm and there's wind and thunder all over the place and he is going to uh, what they, it is going to um, hover over the turtle once again and attack it in a thunderous slam going down into the ground and let's see if it hits. Does a 32 hit you? <laughs> yes, that, that'll hit. Wonderful. <laughs> You will take, let's see, there's one more D6. That is a full 18 thunder damage. No, sorry, 18 um, plus, that's 27, 27 thunder damage to you. Uh, Wait a minute. No, I take the full damage. Hold on, now wait a minute. No, you take double damage. Oh, you're right. I see it now. (laughs) After the Elder Tempest's first uh, marginally successful lightning strike, it has decided to use the other side of Durman Strong and has sent down a thunder attack. While the lightning didn't seem to penetrate the Zartan's carapace, this one certainly seems to leave some cracks in its wake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not happy about this one. That's what I thought. I was like, come at me, come at me. I turn my face up. Oh, I'm so sorry, though. Hold on, hold on, because uh, Elder Tempest gets multi-attack with Thunderous Slam. So you get to do it again. Oh, I'm going to do it again. Oh, 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 I'm going to do that again. (laughs) That's a 33 this time to hit. That one, surprisingly, doesn't hit. I don't know how that (laughs) happened, but it did. Wow. Welcome to the club. Yes. (laughs) And that's 20 thunder damage this time total. No, I'm sorry, 29. 29, so double that. Ooh, Ooh, double double slams slams on the Zartan. Zartan. Cracks appearing on its shell. Will the Zartan be the first to fall? Okay, yeah, we're. I'm going to turn my face up. I'm going to spit some rocks at this... This elder tempest. <laughs> Ooh, we seem to have a rivalry going on between the elder tempest, tempest, and the Zaratan. The Zaratan chewing up more rocks to fire up at the incredible storm above. That's a thirty to hit. Yeah, that'll do. Okay, that's forty-seven points of bludgeoning damage, and it does say that my weapon attacks are magical. I don't know if spitting rock counts. Yes, yours are. Ooh, a solid hit by the Zartan's regurgitated rocks. Does anyone else think that's really good? Not now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We turn once again up to the sky to see what the Phoenix will do. The Phoenix is hovering, flapping just fiery wings of death over the Leviathan, and it's going to swoop down again and take its beak and try to peck out one of the Leviathan's eyes. 
We seem to have two separate duels going on here, one between the Elder Tempest and the Zartan, and the other between the Leviathan and the Phoenix. Quite the combination of foes. That is a 25 to hit. If any of you had Bria and Vizdira fight against each other on your bingo card, now's the time to check that out. Uh, yeah, no, that hits. Yeah, go ahead. Incredible. <laughs> that is going to be 17 fire damage. And, of course, not on fire, because whatever, you're Sorry. water. <laughs> and then the phoenix is going to swipe with one of its talons as it flaps and flies up. 26 to hit. That hit. Ooh, you're going to take another 21 fire damage. A classic move by the phoenix. Classic. These birds of prey really know how to get in there, grab with the talons, take a bite with the beak, and leave a little something to remember them by as they fly on off. <laughs> and as they fly on off, I'm going to go ahead and slam them. Feel, feels reasonable. Ooh, the Leviathan is not happy with that phoenix. Let's see what happens now. That is a 22 to hit. Sure, that'll hit. Okay. Okay. So you're going to take 12 bludgeoning damage and... Nine acid damage. The wall of water with the incredible sea serpent inside of it rises up, and as the phoenix begins to attempt to fly away, it is rocked to one side by a powerful wave. The phoenix sizzles, but continues on. I need everyone to make constitution saving throws. Spectators are getting a little restless. Seems like they're getting a bit noisy in the stands. Uh, let's go in initiative order. So, Zaratan. Fifteen. Fail. Leviathan. Twenty-seven. Succeed, Elder Tempest. 26. Succeed, Phoenix. 23. Succeed, Zaratan. You feel something begin to pull at you. You're not sure what it is, but something is pulling at your very essence. Going forward, you have disadvantage on attack rolls and future constitution saves that I ask for. Whoa. Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, happy 200th freaking episode. I can't believe that I get to say that this week in the mid-tro. Absolutely wild. Truly, thank you all so much for being here, for listening to 200 episodes of the five of us being silly and playing D&D. Uh, wow. Uh, none of us ever thought we would still be going after this many episodes, but we are all so glad that we are and so grateful to all of you for getting us here. Now, we have mentioned this several times before, but after this season, the end of the campaign arc is in sight. So knowing that, we are doing our best to start planning for whatever future milestones we think we might have left, and we're going to need your help. We have all kinds of ideas for the end of this show, from live streams to in-person live shows, assuming we ever get out from under this pandulce, y'all get vaccinated. But we need to know what y'all want. So we are asking for you to engage with us however you want. Hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, join the Patreon, write a review, whatever, as long as it gets in front of our eyes. We want to see how much engagement we can get out of our listeners, and then we'll use y'all's response to this call to help us decide the scale at which we should be planning our future celebrations. So reach out, give us an idea for a celebration, or even just say, hey, we just want to know that you're out there and you're excited. Which we can only assume you are because, well, you've been listening to our nonsense for 200 episodes, so that's a good sign. Okay, 200 exciting. Back to the regular midtro because I know you all know what is coming very shortly here. I'm nervous. Let's do it. Second of all, <clears throat> if you are enjoying the podcast so far, it would be... Awesome, fantastic, extraordinary, super-duper, wonderful, stupendous, splendiferous, magical, superb, epic, terrific, phenomenal, fabulous, groovy, first-rate, resplendent, ace, smashing, the bee's knees, incredible, amazing, just jolly, festive, tremendous, stunning, hunky-dory, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, thebomb.com, cheese, stellar, the cat's meow, sensational, wondrous, spectacular, <gasps> grand, the tits, magnificent, astonishing, fierce, astounding, scrumptious, radiant, wicked, so, fetch, blessed, sweet, exciting, heavenly, the cat's pajamas, exquisite, warm and fuzzy, just dandy, lit, swanky, ginchy, grok, dope, wild, delectable, divine, 
mind. Something else. Whizbang. Gruel. Fiery. Autumnal. Nifty. Spoopy. Loverly. Smiley. Really nice. Appreciated. Badass. Gucci. <gasps> Yummy. Very merry. Fun. Righteous. Becoming of you. Remarkable. Sweet. Fantastical. Rapturous. Down and dirty. Monumental. Out of this world. Magnanimous. Gobra. Happy. Flabbergasting. Perfection. Delightful. Delicious. Delectable. Delirious. Dilemma. Delimit. Delovely. <gasps> Marvelous. Bre- breathtaking. All of those again plus centennial. I'm not reading 300 words. Gay, good shit, cheeky, bitchin', sparkly, dazzling, swell, smoldering, sexy, cute, fitting, majestic, phosphorescent, como una calavera de azúcar, muy agradable, posh, luminous, rad, dreamy, splendid, scrump, diddlyumptious, rip-roarin', rootin' tootin', amazeballs, crackalackin', funkalicious, gemuchtlich. <gasps> Oneric, Pacific, sublime, great, radical, kind, healthy, thrilling, felicific, staggering, idoneous, joyful, plus ultra, primo, boss, wholesome, celestial, invigorating, fulfilling, spiritual, masterful, baroque, sororal, gratifying, magniloquent, <gasps> horatory, laudable, promethean, ineffable, gonzo, mellifluous, sempiternal, electrifying, eerie, elgis, heroic, frabjous, obstreperous, sapid, morific, gorgeous, pleasing, appealing, alluring, scintillating, elemosinary, fulsome, eudemonic, orchidaceous, solid, tight, charming, cromulent, prosolusmatic, bewitching, vernal, effulgent, excellent, enchanting, pulchritudinous, rousing, neat, benevolent, picturesque, gamesome, tickety-boo, <gasps> peachy, valorous, glorious, convivial, cool, mind-blowing, and bicentennial. Holy shit, give me a second. (sighs) I'm sweating. Anyway, it would be all those things if you left us a review. So please, I just read 200 words. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. We appreciate you. Thank you. (sighs) We also want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon page. I'm going to read all these Patreon names, too. This is great. Go to patreon.com slash dnd last refuge to get access to all kinds of cool patrons perks like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. If that isn't enough, you're also going to support a bunch of other Patreons because we have the Patreon at Forward program. Learn more about that by going to the Patreon page. But right now, we go thank all our patrons this week. We want to thank all of you who help make this show a reality every single week. We are, of course, going to start with our Heralds of Denier, Shimmy Gangot, and Tanya. Next up, our honorary party member, Matthew Allen, followed by our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders, Eliahu of Mert Grove, Eugenio, and Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge. Next up are our Shimmer Scale council members, Kin, Adam Mando Wookie, Avari Roman, Gordon Ross, Harmony Bat, Jabari Bunch, Jay Sprig, Kelsey G, Lucas Hokum, Nat Rose, River Daniel, Rob Murphy, Sam Ellis, Sam Rodman, Stephen Mosley, Steffi Bernard, Tanya C. DePass, Tony A. Ellis, and Verpio, and last but most certainly not least, our Shimmer Scale Tribes people, Andrea Robinson, Adrian Bundy, Colin Baker, Fell Outlier, Haley Dahl, Kelsey R., Lisa Aragema, Serena Marie, Dan Dillon, and Hannah. You all are amazing, and we are so grateful to each and every one of you. Thank you. If you want to get shoutouts on the show, and if we make it to 300 or in the finale episode, whichever comes first, I'll read all the names again. Go to patreon.com slash DND last refuge and join us. Whew. Okay. I think that's all the announcements. And I know you all want to know what happens next in this weird kaiju battle we got going on. Scheduling continues to be a little strange, but we're crossing fingers and toes that we should be able to keep things consistent and weekly uh, going forward. So hopefully we'll see you next week. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Happy 200th episode. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fight racism when, where, and however you can. Get vaccinated as soon as absolutely possible. And happy gaming, y'all. Which brings us up to the top of round two. Zaratan, you are up. So whatever this storm-looking thing is, we're definitely going to attack that again. It's like a flying serpent thing that's up in the clouds. Great, great. A flying serpent thing. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, we're going to do the other one, actually, because I forgot about it, and it looks more fun. Let's give the audience what they want. More excitement. Absolutely, yeah. And and anytime you all want, you should, like, use as much of this thing's power as possible. I just want to see this go wild. Okay. Oh, one more question, then. Uh, Are there any buildings in the area or structures? Absolutely there are. In fact, there's a whole... uh, You realize now, it didn't register to you when you first arrived because the machinations of the ants 
that that cover this world and make such a noise and put up things in your path have been beneath your notice. But now you take a moment to evaluate the battlefield and you see that there are perhaps some useful structures in the vicinity. Beautiful. All right, so let's try to work this to our advantage. So the first thing I'm going to do is I am going to breathe out a rocky debris at this flying serpent thing. And I need um, I need the serpent to make a dex saving throw, please. Ooh, now, now this, this is, is an interesting, interesting move by, by the Zaratan. See, See, this, this time, time the Zaratan didn't, didn't actually bother to even bite, bite the nearby boulder. boulder. This, this is, is all from, from the creature's, creature's innards. innards. It's, it's, it's even, even more, more disgusting. disgusting. Ew. <laughs> it's like vomiting on the serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Turtles are weird, man. Yeah. The Tempest rolled a 26. That is very annoying, but that's fine. You'll still take half damage. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. Seeing the attack of grossness coming, the Tempest does manage to zip itself out of the way in part, but such a gargantuan being could never fully escape this blast from the Zaratan. All right, so that is half of half of. 33. <laughs> uh, 16. The flying serpent is going to come down and uh, fly and take this opportunity as um, it sees all three of its opponents are directly in a line. And so it's going to use a legendary action to release a blast of thunder and wind in a mile-long line. Um, and everyone uh, objects which I assume I would get some of like the buildings and other things oh, that yeah. are down there and people people and everything which are all beneath your notice but they are there right <laughs> we'll just take 22 thunder damage automatically automatically then, um, each of the each of you must make a dexterity saving throw Ooh, now we call this, folks, we call this the screaming gale. The Elder Tempest has come down, and that blast of thunder and wind is going to extend for a whole mile. The devastation is going to be astronomical. People, buildings, farms, everything in a mile-long line obliterated by this elemental. Deck saves. 16. I'm going to succeed. That's a fail. I crit. Oh, okay, crit. I would like to use my legendary resistance, please. <laughs> the Zaratan, once again, seeing the attack coming, partially escapes into its own shell. You gotta wonder, are there snacks in there? Is there a TV? Is it reading something? <laughs> I'll never tell. So it seems like all three of the Elder Tempest's opponents have managed to avoid the damage from its screaming gale. But as we look down that trough, we can't even begin to count the bodies. Uh, now that we're at the end of Zaratan's turn, uh, now they come faster and furiouser. Zaratan, I need a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Um, that is a 17. You feel the pull on your essence get even stronger, and you feel more of yourself being pulled away. You now have disadvantage on all attack rolls and all saving throws, not just my con saves. Leviathan. I'm still a giant wall of water. Yeah, you are. So I am going to... You said I can pick two people? Sure. A little bit smaller, but not a lot smaller. So then um, I am obviously still going to go for the phoenix, but because of that last attack, I'm going to try to uh, get the thing up in the sky as well. The other thing up in the sky. The other thing up in the sky. I'm I'm going for the sky. I'm going for the sky. Um, So I need a strength saving throw from both of you. The Leviathan taking that wall of water form, that typhoon force, and just ejecting it straight up into the sky. Are the Phoenix and the Elder Tempest going to be able to survive this one? 15. That's a 16 for me. So neither does. And you're both going to take 24 bludgeoning damage. And then I'm going to actually attack. I'm still really pissed off at this phoenix, um, and so I'm going to slam into it again for a ooh, 19 to hit. Just hits. Yes! That's 18 bludgeoning damage and three acid damage, but I'm still not done. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then my tail is going to whip, and that is, oh, I should maybe try to hit you, right? I should try to hit you first. Yeah. That hits. What, what's the number? It said, I don't want to do math, Lydia. Um, <laughs> and then that's an additional 18 bludgeoning damage plus four acid damage. 
Ooh, a solid combo attack from the Leviathan. We saw them use that tidal wave that's slowly moving away and won't be able to be used again unless it recharges. But we were see- we saw at the last moment the Leviathan managed to shoot it up into the air, hitting both the Phoenix and the Elder Tempest. In the moment of distraction, the Leviathan was able to both get a slam and a tail slap against the Phoenix. The Phoenix is looking drippy and cold and steamy, but still continuing on? The uh, Phoenix would like to take a legendary action at the end of this turn to try to peck out another eyeball of the Leviathan. God. Yeah, that's a thing that you said. Okay. <laughs> that's a crit fail. <laughs> oh, the phoenix seemed to be somewhat disoriented. It's swiping its beak and talons at the sky, but not anywhere near the Elder Tempest. We're not sure what they're it's, thinking. But, it's got uh, salt water in the eye. It's burning. It's burning. Ow! Or, or steaming. Anyway. One of those. Leviathan, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Uh, that is a 26. All right. Save. Uh, Elder Tempest, you are up. I'm so mad. <laughs> the Tempest, um, being a tad ashamed that nobody got hit by the giant gale, <laughs> is going to fly back up into the clouds, gather up some air pressure, and go for a multi-attack against the turtle. So sorry, Karn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually... It may not hit you. Did, does a 22 hit? Oh! Yes. Yes, it does. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. The Zaratan just narrowly not being able to avoid the first attack from the Elder Tempest. Uh, and then the the next one will hit because it was higher. <laughs> Sorry. So that in total to you, that is a 35 thunder damage to you. Two thunderous slams, cracks of thunder radiating out for miles. The screams of the surrounding people as they are deafened by these enormous thunder strikes against the Zartan. Oh, I'm sorry, that's 45. I'm sorry, that's 45. I'm sorry. 45 damage. I'm so sorry. These big numbers have got me rocked. I'm so sorry. You sure you don't want a legendary action, oh, I'm gonna, Zartan? Yeah. I will. I just now, I need to do more math, so... Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's just this will take so much time, but I think I'm gonna I, I, do I know. it. We're gonna do it. I think it's probably it. worth it. Alright, so the Zartan is very angry, and we already established we don't know what's inside the shell, and all of a sudden, it retracts entirely. You can't see anything. It's just a big boulder on the ground. The Zaratan has decided to take a defensive position and has completely retracted into its shell. Now, there are definitely some disadvantages to this, but it's certainly going to make it a lot harder to get in at that soft, fleshy underbottom. Uh, Elder Tempest, I need a constitution saving throw from you. That's a 19. You also now begin to feel this pull against your very life force. Something is pulling your strength away. You have advantage, uh, disadvantage on attack rolls and future constitution saving throws. Phoenix. Phoenix. Pecky pecky and scrapey scrapies. Onto the Leviathan. The water, the water snake, snake and the firebird fire seem to really have it out for each other. It's <laughs> almost as if there's some metagame personal vendetta going on between them. Uh, 20 We're like BFFs. Yeah, I know. 24 for the beak. Yeah. 13 fire damage there. And for the scrapey scrapey, that is a 25. Yes. Yes. And that's going to be 15 more fire damage. And you're just going to hear a cuckoo. You know what we like to say up here in the booth. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Phoenix seems to have gone for a similar strategy as, as they did six seconds ago, and it seems to be equally as effective. I'm going to go ahead and slam. <laughs> uh, that's a 28 to hit. Yes. Okay. For 15 bludgeoning damage and one acid damage. Phoenix, constitution saving throw. 19. The Phoenix seems to have been attacked by the Leviathan, slamming up water into the air to catch it as it once again tries to escape the grasp of the Leviathan, but but something's happening. The Phoenix now seems to be the third of these gargantuan creatures who is affected by this strange malaise. Phoenix, you too feel your life force being sucked away from you and have disadvantage on attack rolls and constitution saving throws. Uh, could I take a legendary action, perhaps? The Elder Tempest looks poised to use this distraction for an attack. Oh, absolutely. So he, uh, the serpent is going to knock two clouds together and uh, a lightning bolt is going to come down right where the Phoenix uh, is in midair. And I need a dexterity saving throw, please. That Elder Tempest sure did look like it was playing the symbols just now, and the thunder crack that followed matched the theme. 
That's a 10. Oh, a 10 does not save. Uh, I think I'm going to save, actually. Sorry. Ooh, all right. The phoenix, phoenix looking sluggish, sluggish but, but able, able to, to steal, steal itself, itself against, against the Elder Tempest's attack. attack. Uh, so that is 16, so 8. You take 8 lightning damage. As we circle back around to see what the Zaratan is going to be up to, we begin to see some strange activity from the spectators, folks. Uh, it seems that they are massing and making some loud noises. Almost seems as if they're chanting of some sort. There, We see lights in the stands, flashing lights, and, and some strange sort of symbols and sounds being able to become visible from the spectators. Not sure what's going on there. We'll keep you all appraised of the situation as it develops. Zaratan, it is your turn. All right. So it seems to me that I can still I can still attack from inside my cozy home and it'll have disadvantage but I already have disadvantage. <laughs> That's wild and I think you're right. Cuz it just says that I'm restrained. So That is that is correct. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're going to do I'm going to do spew debris at um are they all kind of together now yeah around there at all of them yeah just rocks it looks like our giant zartan is beginning to to vibrate to sort of undulate oh 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 it's it's spewing debris again ladies gentlemen and folks all right dexterity saving throws from everybody i crit failed 21 and 28 Okay. 28 makes it. Does a 21 make it? No. That's so funny. I rolled exactly the same amount of damage again, which happens to be exactly half, but that's what it says here. So anyway, uh, everyone, unless you saved, which I think is only the Tempest thing, takes 33 magical bludgeoning damage. Ooh, well, once again, they must have heard us before. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this certainly doesn't seem to be broke. Uh, so the phoenix is going to fly down, or fly over to the turtle, and scrape its shell. Ooh. Let's see if that actually attacks. Uh, for a 15 to hit. That does not hit. Uh, but she's, she's gonna stop and light the turtle on fire. Oh, the, oh, the phoenix, phoenix swooping, swooping down, down for an attack, and what's, what's this? this? The Talon seemed to have missed, but now the Phoenix is sitting right on top of the Zaratan shell. Even the Zaratan's gotta feel that heat coming through at least a little bit. You're gonna take six fire damage. But not very much, because the Zaratan's resistant. So that's three damage. I'm okay with that. Like, one little patch of grass on my back, like, lights on fire and then very quickly goes out. Yes, absolutely. All right. Zaratan, I need a constitution saving throw, please. I don't think that's going to do it, because uh, that's only a 15 again with this disadvantage. You have a plus 10. Well, what happened with the problem is the first time I rolled a uh-huh. like sub 10, and now I have disadvantage, and naturally, naturally, right, of course, naturally continue to roll at least one naturally. sub 10. You know, at least it's predictable. All right, something, <laughs> something, something strange is happening from within the Zaratan. We are, we are seeing. It seems perhaps the the heat from the Phoenix is sort of acting like a, a dryer on brand new shirts. It seems to be shrinking down. In fact, it, it's continuing. And that's right, spectators and fans. The Zaratan is gone. Kit, you feel yourself collapse in as if there is nothing left to hold your physical form inflated. So you collapse in on yourself like a dying star, and again, like a dying star, you then explode outward. Roll, please, for me, 6d12. Okay, 52. Holy folks, I don't know what happened. The Zartan disappeared, and then there was an enormous explosion dealing an enormous amount of damage to all three of our remaining competitors. No resistance, no immunities. You take 50, Each of you takes 53 damage. Kit, you feel yourself uh, as, as your Zartan form explodes. You feel the energy scream out from you, and then... Silently, almost peacefully, you feel once all of that power is released, you feel it siphon down to a single point, and you see this enormous crystal stone buried underground, and you feel what is left of you as a Zaratan taken into this crystal and bound there. And then you know nothing but darkness. Leviathan. So I am going to... Now the phoenix is like 
sitting on the ground. Yes, um, the phoenix is just like hanging out on the ground. Legs splayed out. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of this. So I'm going to okay. do a slam attack. All right. Um, that is a lot to hit. Um, do you want me to tell you what it is, Lydia? I would love to. Oh, God. Uh, 31. Does that hit? Yeah. No, that'll hit. Okay. And that's 20 bludgeoning damage and 8 acid damage. So you see the um, the tidal wave comes, right? The way you slam into me, the acid sizzles, you see the steam, and you just see the, the bird's wings fly out, and it just explodes in a wave of flame and steam and you and the Tempest need to make a dex saving throw. 22. 20 adjusted. Uh, Okay, both safe. You both take 17 points of fire damage as the Phoenix explodes. Oh my goodness, we just lost the Zaratad underneath the Phoenix and now it seems the Phoenix has left us as well. This time it was the Leviathan slam attack that just seems to have proven too much for the fire bird. A raucous explosion from the Phoenix and left behind... Oh, sorry, I thought for a moment I saw a small egg-shaped cinder uh, where the phoenix was left, but it too seems to have disappeared. And Bizdiri, you feel a, you have a similar experience to what Kit just experienced. You feel yourself being pulled slowly, almost gently, into this crystalline thing underground. And then you know nothing but darkness. And then my tail whips up to hit Alex in the face. <laughs> hit the elder Tempest, Tempest, in, Tempest the face. in the face. It's more you monster. <laughs> Uh, 19. Oh, I think that ties. Yep, that ties. Okay. For 17 bludgeoning damage and 9 acid damage. Constitution saving throw, uh, Leviathan not missing a beat. Even after the destruction of the Phoenix, the Leviathan swipes its tail at the Elder Tempest. The two of them are now locked in mortal combat. What'd you get on your con save? My crit failed. Ooh. Ooh. You suddenly, you have expended such a great burst of power to destroy another Elder Elemental and attack a second one all within the space of six seconds, but it drains you. You'd been holding out against this force that is pulling, but the force has increased in power and you are tired. You feel your life essence ripped away from you and you have disadvantage on all attack rolls and saving throws. Elder Tempest. All right, seeing that the Leviathan is my only target, I am going to... Multi-attack, thunderous slam. Here's the first one at disadvantage. Uh, a a third. What is that? A thirty-nine. You <laughs> yeah, rolled that a, hits. a nineteen with disadvantage. No, sorry, a thirteen with disadvantage. Oh, thirteen no. with disadvantage. What? Yeah, right. So no, it's a twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah. 29. Oh my god, I'm telling you. It all hits these either numbers. way. You're fine. I, You're yeah, fine. but still, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so and then I'll go ahead and roll the second one just in case. Uh, that's a higher. N- that's a 16 plus 16, so that's 32. The Elder Tempest, seeing but one foe remaining, slams down upon the water. Water flies everywhere, small typhoons crashing up against the shore in every direction, buildings destroyed as the Leviathan is dealt a great double blow from the Elder Tempest. And all the while, through the screaming and the wailing of all of the people who have been caught in the crossfire of these gargantuan elementals, The chanting, the buzz, the lights seems to be intensifying. That is 48 thunder damage to you. Uh, So I need a constitution saving throw from you. Um, So that con save is another 19. And this is your second fail then, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That really seemed to have taken something out of the Elder Tempest. It seems to be a little slower in its flight, a little more sluggish, and the storm clouds surrounding it seem to be contracting in on it. You now have disadvantage on all attack rolls and saving throws, Elder Tempest, and it is the Leviathan's turn to take a legendary action. Uh, And I try to slam into it. Uh, It's an 18 to hit. Nope, not gonna hit. All right, but now you get to take your turn, Leviathan. As As the the first first strike from the Leviathan misses, the Tempest still has enough get-up-and-go to get out of the way of that first one, but will its luck hold? All right, so I'm going to try to slam again. 24 to hit. 24 hits. 14 bludgeoning and 5 acid. And the 19 does hit you, right? 19 does hit. Okay, so then my tail whips up and hits you for 16 bludgeoning 
and seven acid damage. All right, we're still up, everyone. These final two remaining elementals locked in combat, the Leviathan slamming and tail-slapping away. Who will be worn down first? Leviathan, constitution saving throw. Uh, that's a 21. Oh, fuck. Okay, you don't get any worse. Uh, Elder Tempest. All right. Uh, wait, at the end of... Oh, yeah, you can legendary action and then take your turn. <laughs> Um, you know what? Well, no, we're going to do, we're going to use all three of those actions and go for another screaming gale. All Um, right. That is a dexterity saving throw. So come down, like open my mouth and just a wall of wind and thunder. The Elder Elder Tempest Tempest once again again employing its screaming gale as hundreds, if not thousands more bystanders are completely decimated by this attack. It's only a 12. Oh, so that is 27 thunder damage to you, and you're flown to the side. Sure, some of the ocean's water is flung six, yeah. <laughs> All right, and now your turn, Elder Tempest. Seems, Seems that, that screaming gale, gale did, did manage, manage to get a piece of the Leviathan. Leviathan. Will, Will it have, have been, been enough? enough? The Elder, Elder Tempest, Tempest presses its attack. And we're going to go for another two of these thunderous slams in the sky, gathering up the clouds, and down we go. That's uh, a 20 adjusted to hit. That hits. That hits. And then the second one is a 19 to hit. That hits. All right. That's 41 thunder damage to you in two attacks. Still up, Leviathan? I am. Water exploding exploding out out in every direction. direction. Peals of thunder cracking in the sky and the surface of the ocean itself as these two powerful creatures fight to the death. I want to do my thing first. 23 hits you, right? A 23 does hit. Okay, so then I'm slamming into you. The Leviathan counterattacking at the last moment after the Elder Tempest's attacks. For 20 bludgeoning and 10 acid. Still up. Okay, then make that con save. (laughs) Con save is... Oh my gosh. That is a 19. That's three 19s. The Leviathan counterattacks. The Elder Tempest takes a brunt of damage, but does seem to hover in the sky, prepared to go back on the offensive. But something strange is happening. The, the sky serpent is beginning to curl up on itself. It is crashing down into the ocean. It's gone. And another explosion. Roll me 8d12, please. Uh, who are you, Elder Tempest? No, 10d12. I forgot, the phoenix is in there, even though she didn't explode like normal. She exploded in her own way. Just roll all ones, Alec. That's 81. 81. That takes me down, for sure. This explosion explosion seems to have ripped ripped not only through many bystanders, bystanders, but through the Leviathan as well. The chanting, despite the scores of dead, the bodies everywhere, the chanting continues. The lights continue to flare from the crowds. Folks, I do not know what is happening here, but whatever it is, it seems to have really taken a toll on these gargantuan elementals. Listen to that sound. The fight is done. The crowd is cheering. The winners are not the participants, but in fact the bystanders. And there is darkness. And there is silence. And then you're back. And the lights are gone. And the carvings in the cave walls are sort of barely there, but you're not even really sure if what you're feeling is what you saw or if that's just your mind putting two and two together for you. The opening to the cave is there. The tiny hut is prepared. You all can take a long rest as yourselves. What the heck? That is where we are going to leave it for episode 200 of The Last Refuge. Oh my. Thank you all so much for listening to this week and to every week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to, well, I'm not going to promise that you're going to find out what in the hell all that was about, but find out what the party does next anyway. (laughs) You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at at DNDLastRefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Speaking of reviews, we have a new one. We've had it for a while, uh, but we haven't recorded it in a while, so we haven't had a chance to read it aloud. So we're going to do that now. This most recent five-star review is from A Wild Rory Appeared. And A Wild Rory Appeared, I have to apologize because the title of your review got cut off, but I think I understand what you're saying. Uh, The title is I Downloaded and Then Deleted, and I assume the remainder of it is Apple Podcasts, so I could leave this review. So we appreciate you. 
I came to TLR after season two of Motherland's wrapped. Oh, thanks. And I needed more Eugenio content. Oh, thank you. Needless to say, I was not disappointed. This show combines professional-level collaborative storytelling with the casual feeling of longtime friends gathering with the sole purpose of goofing (laughs) around and having some fun. Mix in some trope-busting and critical thinking on tired racist mechanics like fixed alignment, and you have a stellar example of what TTRPGs are made for. Plus, the editing and score choices are top tier, especially for the musical episode. Can we get another one of those? And then Aurora appeared, used the, like, uh, cute, weepy eye, like, big ol' eye emoji, Mm -hmm. and then the two pointing fingers, like, touch-poking at each other emoji. Happy almost 400, y'all. Two, two, four. Well, it says four, but you meant two and it's fine. Guess I'll have to go burn through the Rivals backlog while I wait for new episodes here. And now it's the huffy face emoji. P.S. Lydia mentioned at some point while on... Oh, I love this part. I read this ahead and I was excited for this. P.S. Lydia mentioned at some point a while back that she was the only, quote, non-actor on the crew. I would like to point out that doing this show does, in fact, make you an actor. So hush, you're perfect. Aww, Aww, so I sweet. love that. What a lovely review. A wild Rory appeared. Thank you so much. It's been a while since we got to read one of those, and that one was a delight. I super appreciate it. Thank you for that. You all, if you have not had your review read, it's because you haven't left a five-star one, so go do that and we'll read it on the air. <laughs> but you can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram, as we said, or email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art. Maybe soon, maybe, maybe find out some cons that will eventually be attended who's to say the world is weird and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D you can go to our website www.dndlastrefuge.com as always I want to thank Robert Huff my story consultant for this campaign and prime uh, idea man for this episode and of course all of you for listening I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands and with me I have Bizira Kit Bria and Flick <laughs> Happy gaming, y'all, and happy 200 episodes! <laughs> you both are going to take nine damage, which is the half. That's the half damage. What kind of damage is it? Uh, blood you damage, rolled 18 on 6d10? I did indeed, yes, sir. Holy shit. Correct. The Zaratan has decided to take a f- defensive position and has completely retracted into its shell. Now, there are definitely some disadvantages to this, but it's certainly going to make it a lot harder to get in at that soft, fleshy underbottom. Underbottom. <laughs> That's a lot of words that I'm so sorry that I said out loud. Holy fuck. Jesus. Lydia, take your turn. Okay. Elder Tempest, constitution saving throw. Wait, I want to do my thing first. Or I have to wait till after the con save? I mean, it's six one half dozen the other, but if he fails, he's going to die, so. Okay, let's just so start you, with that. Yeah. Let's have him do that yeah. first. You go first, Alex. Do you want to kill me or do you want to? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a, I still you know have, a, I still I, have I a number. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Okay, okay yeah, okay, yeah. Okay.